Hello and welcome to episode three of the Five Lights podcast with me, your host, Dan Herrick, as we take a look back at what was in China and look ahead to the third race of the season in Bahrain. We've got a lot to get through, quite a hectic race in China, and Bahrain can throw up a few thrills and spills as well, so we've got a lot to talk about and some big breaking news today as well, so good job we let, we were late for the podcast. Without any further ado, though, let's get going. Yes, so some big, big news coming out today in the world of Formula One. Good job we were a little bit late. And we were late because I was travelling around. I was at home seeing my parents and, and Mark was very busy with work. So today is the first day really that we've been able to come together and do the podcast. But as I say, it's, it's, it's allowed a little bit of new, big news to sneak in, which is, which is good. So it's worked out for the best. Uh, but I don't do this podcast on my own. Oh, no, I need my, uh, my brother to come and help me. I've just mentioned him slightly there. But I'll introduce him formally now. Mark, how are you doing? I'm all right, bro. Nice to be finally doing the podcast this week. It's uh, yeah, been a busy one, but we're going to talk about F1 now, which is what we're here to do and what we love to do. Indeed. Indeed it is. So let's first of all kick off by looking back at the second race of the season, the race that was in China, and what a race it was indeed. We had quite an interesting weekend on the whole. Uh, Friday being complete washout, well, not a washout, but a cloud out more more the uh, more the point with nothing really happening because the helicopter could not land at the hospital then they decided to move all the equipment on the friday from the hospital that was uh, 20 or 30 odd miles away to the hospital that was just five miles down the road so they could get there in the required time in case there was a big accident so thankfully they got everything together because there was rumors that they potentially could not be a race or they were going to do the race on the saturday so it was a bit up in the air and then we got everything together for qualifying on the saturday interesting qualifying the big major blow for the whole week uh, for the whole qualifying session for stappen not making it out of q1 <coughs> excuse me dear me um <laughs> being under the weather uh, no he didn't um he had some power issues, I believe, with the engine, and he, he was about to go for a second run. He was only he was only just outside the uh, Q2, I think, and he was going to go for a second run, and then obviously um, Giovinazzi had a bit of an accident um, on the last his last run, and then that slowed like pretty much three or four cars down that are on a, a final run to try and get out of Q1. So yeah, he's a bit hampered um, in qualifying, uh, but again, I think the car was was letting him down slightly. Yeah, and Giovinazzi's proven to be quite expensive for Sauber. That's two qualifying sessions now that he's run. Both times he's uh, dropped it on the last lap. This time he smashed it into the wall. Uh, and then, which we'll talk about in the moment in the race, he smashed it up again. Sauber will be happy to see the return of Pascal Verlein, won't they? Yes, and I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, I mean, he has proven in Australia and through um i think saturday practice he, he did a good job as well he had he has proven he can do it i think he was maybe pushing a bit too hard uh this weekend to try and prove a point um running on the hype potentially um and i think yeah i think that might have been part of the decision to bring pascal back early Indeed. Excuse well, you got your coffin. My computer's making noises. Sorry about that noise that just popped up there. But yeah, I mean, he did prove that he has got some talent, but just a few rookie mistakes really that have, that have cost him uh, on Saturday and on the Sunday. Uh, say smashing up the car. Sabo will be happy that he's he's not there to smash them up anymore. Uh, but other than that, really, everything else kind of went to form. There were no other really big shocks. Um, 
we had Hamilton starting on pole, which which I predicted. Uh, he was the fastest. Vettel gave him a little bit of a run for his money, but not too much. And it all looked fairly standard uh, as regards to qualifying. Then we got to race day, and the weather, which had been predicted the day before, was it wasn't throwing it down, but it was a horrible mix of damp to dry. So it was cold as well, so the circuit wasn't hot, so it couldn't clear the water. And people didn't really know what tyre to start on at all, did they? No, they didn't. It was a it was a difficult one to call. Even the commentators, you know, the experienced people in the paddock were were sat there saying, "Look, well, some of the track is dry, some of the track track is wet." Um, I know a few cars had gone to the to the grid with slick tyres. I think Hamilton was one of them, and he, he span off in turn four, I think. Um, so I think you know, even the experienced drivers on the grid were like, no, we, you know, we, it's too it's too close to tell. It's on it's on that line where." You could probably get away with slicks, but it'd be risky. Or you could go for intermediates and burn them up really quick. And um, most of them, I think everyone bar one driver went for the uh, intermediates. Yeah, Carlos Sainz decided to go soft. And I did tweet out at the time that I thought Carlos Sainz may have made the right choice there. I mean, there were areas of the circuit, large swathes of the circuit, that looked dry. And he seemed to be holding the car together very well. But if you look at the onboard footage, which is on the uh, F1 YouTube page uh he literally he has the worst first lap i've ever seen in my life that they talked about um max verstappen his first lap and it being like a computer game well that's if you're good at the f1 games carlos science's first lap was more like me playing the f1 computer games going backwards getting into the first corner spinning then as i recover it hitting the wall spinning again and then struggling to get away he had an atrocious first lap on those slicks but managed to get it back together and, and actually it did quite well in the end didn't it that that tactic he was he was on the right tires in the end just just a little bit too early yeah he, he, he took the risk um whether it was solely his decision or a decision made by him and the team jointly because um, only one Toro Rosso decided to do it, which was Carlos. And yes, he had a bit of a, a higgledy-piggledy first lap, like you say, colliding with the wall after his first spinning. No grip. He had wheel spin halfway down the start line, I think. He just he just couldn't put any throttle down because the car would have ended up in the wall. Um, but saying that, within a few laps, other people were coming in for the dry tyres. So I think he he probably he, he made the decision too early, I think, and he... But saying that, he did finish up high and he managed to stay on the track once the car was uh, gripping and the tight uh, tracks was drying out. Yeah, he, he came in seventh in the end uh, and he's now seventh in the World Championship and as he tweeted out, he's actually the best of the rest really. So obviously you've got the two yeah. two Mercedes, the two Ferraris, the two uh, Red Bulls and then he's the next driver along. So he, he's pretty happy with, with where he is right now. The other interesting thing from the start was how far over Sebastian Vettel was out of his grid slot. Now he didn't get penalised for this. Do you reckon we could see some more drivers taking advantage of just how how far wide he was? He was so close to the middle uh, that he was almost out of his box. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, um, I was a little bit surprised that the stewards did let it go as they did. Um, when he set up, he was like, say, he's halfway across his grid box. Although he's no further forward, unless he'd already read the rules before he started, he was no further forward than his grid box, which I suppose is, but again, he was still halfway across the track, potentially impeding uh, someone else. You know, he's out of the space, but the stewards have let it go. I personally probably might have given a penalty, but then with that taken away from the race, probably. So I don't know. The stewards, I mean, he didn't gain anything by it. He still came out of the, the first set of corners in the same position. So, 
Yeah, I mean, he didn't see. Yeah, to maybe, gain. maybe in the future. I mean, it's the first time we've seen it happen. Is this going to open the door? Maybe I don't know. I mean, he didn't seem to gain an advantage. It was more he was laterally across, as you said, not forward. Um, the thing that where he could protect, if he did get a good start, because he didn't get a particularly great start, but if he got a good start, it it puts him closer to uh, the person in first place. Or if you're in first place, if you want to park your car to one either one side or the other, it gives you a good defensive position from the off rather than having to make a lateral movement. So you can just go straight forward, so you can go for straight line speed. So whether we see other cars doing it in the future and taking advantage, who knows? Who knows? We shall have to wait and see on that one. Um, right, so the other thing that happened on the first lap is old Lance Stroll. And after he came out over the weekend with his his elbows out saying that everyone was a hater because of his driving style. He was the first person to retire over the weekend after getting punted off by uh, Sergio Perez. Was it a bit of 50-50 there? Could Lance Stroll have maybe moved out of the way or was it purely on Perez? Uh, I think it's 50-50. I think, though, you know, his first first lap, everyone was jostling for position, grips low. I, I just think Lance Stroll probably didn't realise that Perez was going to go there. Perez probably didn't realise... That Lance Stroll was didn't see him and was going to cut across. So uh, yeah, I think it's fifty-fifty. The stewards saw it as fifty-fifty, just a racing instant in the melee of the first lap. So it's unfortunate because it wasn't. I wouldn't have said it was Lance Stroll's fault. Um, again, it's just unfortunate. It's at him that's come out first. It looks bad on him, but looking at the replay, it was just like like it was fifty-fifty. It's just a racing instant, and Perez managed to get away with no damage. I don't think. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, it's it's just unfortunate, really, because I think he would have been on for a good race. Yeah, not a great start to the season for old Lance Stroll. He'd, he'd be wanting to get some laps behind him now, uh, and starting to uh, to establish himself a little bit more in that Williams car. Other eventful first laps, of course, you had Max Verstappen who moved up from 16th all the way up to seventh. And if you again, if you're on the F1 YouTube channel, you get to see that onboard footage of him working his way through the through the grids. Dear me, Mark, are you all right there? Oh dear. Deary me. Okay. <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me. Uh, another eventful lap that I saw was um, Kevin Magnussen. He had a very eventful first lap. He actually bumped tyres with, um, I believe it was Fernando Alonso. Or it could have been Stoffel Van Dorn. It was one of the McLarens anyway. Uh, they bumped tyres together. So he had a very eventful first lap. And then we moved on. That strolls into the bringing out a virtual safety car, which neutralised the race. But then on lap three, we had a full-on safety car as Antonio Giovanazzi going through that last corner again. He'll be having nightmares about that last corner. Got a little bit of lateral movement on, spun the wheels up and threw it into the wall and completely totaled the Sauber, bringing out the safety car and bringing out the whole rush of tyre changes going throughout the grid. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. This could be awful. Deary, mate. No, um, yes, well, we just had the virtual safety car, and people had jumped on that decision, uh, which uh, jiggled the pack up a, bit, uh, a bit. Vettel was one of them. He was a bit out of position now. And then, obviously, the Giovinazzi brought out the proper safety car, which, um, again, made a few people jump into the pits. Um, it, it was a similar mistake to what he made in qualifying really, I think he just comes off that last corner, hits it, um, I think the bump and the water underneath the, the the crossover bridge got him this time, but still it's just, you know, he's the only one that made the mistake. Um, again, probably trying to make up from last time from the Saturday, but he ended up mirroring the same 
accident and you could just see the looks on the Sauber faces. It, you know, if, if it was me, I'd be like, you know, God's sake, man, we just put one car together. You want us to make another one now? We've only got, you know, it's not like they've got two weeks to do it. They've only got one week to, and the spares would be running out because they've already smashed up a car. Um, so hopefully Pascal can come in and, uh, I, 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 well, personally, I think Pascal can, can prove a bit more of what the Sauber's got. So I don't think Ericsson and Giovinazzi have given it as much potential, showing the potential that maybe the Sauber has. I might be wrong, but I think Pascal's gonna gonna be faster than Ericsson, let's say. He's certainly a more talented driver than the pair. Yeah. Uh, but Giovinazzi's got his name on both walls now. He hit the left-hand one on qualifying, and then he hit the right-hand one during the race. So he's, he's at least he's got his name on both walls. Um, so he's, he's got that to take away from from China, uh, and under the safety car, as I say, we, not only did we have that swathe of char- uh, tire changes, we also had two very interesting incidents that impacted the race heavily. Uh, Max Verstappen was on a charge at that point, and he, uh, while warming up his tires, he got the spin up and almost so close dropped the car, so close to spinning it, managed to hold on to it and keep behind uh, Kimi Raikkonen, I believe he was behind at the time, uh, but he was so close to dropping it. But unfortunately for Bottas, he did drop it. But not only once, he dropped it twice while warming his tyres. And that threw him all the way back into 12th place. Not a great weekend for Valtteri. Uh, no, uh, he was, well, he did all right in, in qualifying. He wasn't he never quite as fast as Hamilton. I think that's going to take a few races for him to settle into Hamilton speed if he ever gets there. Um, he was just pipped by one thousandth of a second by Vettel. Um, and he could have had a really good race from third but again <coughs> sorry excuse me just a lapse in concentration you know <coughs> not knowing the track really because you know there's still only on lap three four or five at this point still trying to get to you know keep heating the tires so i think he's again he's made a, a couple of mistakes that's cost him you know a podium it has indeed. I mean, he didn't have the, the best weekend. Um, a lot of people are already ruling him out uh, as not a contender for the for the season. I think it's a bit too early to rule him out completely just yet. I think we're all still trying to find our feet. Obviously, Hamilton and Vettel are the two favourites here. But you never know what's going to happen. You never know. So we'll just keep a keep an eye on old Valtteri Bottas. Hopefully, he'll improve throughout the season and, and put a bit of a challenge in uh, in, the, in the coming races. And then we had a, a great thrilling race. I mean, we had a lot of overtaking during this race. A lot of it obviously assisted by the conditions, um, but it was nice to see cars overtaking. One of the highlights of the race was Sebastian Vettel on a charge, firstly overtaking Kimi Raikkonen and then doing a superb move on Daniel Ricciardo. They both bumped tyres as well, but it was great to see those two fighting it out and finishing the race with massive smiles on their faces. They seem to really enjoy themselves out there this weekend, the drivers. Yeah, on the on the um, the podium at the end, Martin, even Martin Brundle's head is so great to see you guys up here and you're smiling and you're happy and you're all you know. It's almost like they were playing a computer game. It's, you know, in the, you know, you have a you have a game with your mates and that me and you and Benjamin race and you're chatting about it, you're having a giggle about it. It's like oh yeah, we did this, so we did that, oh, we did that movement when I went around there and then I took him and you know that all the that all charge. Um, he, so he he hung around for a little while behind Michael and I think he gave up and. Went for the went for the move, a really good move. Then again, he went for another move on Ricardo, touching wheels, which is what we want to see. And um, <coughs> sorry, the DRS wasn't as much of an advantage as it has been in previous years. You know, the aer- aerodynamics on these cars is not allowing the DRS to be as effective. 
So people were having to sort of say, look, if I want to get past, I'm going to have to get past. Turn six was a great way of people to overtake it, caused a lot of action. Again, there was still there's still stuff going down the back straight, but the faster cars were, it was not as easy as it was in previous years. But the, the moves they had to make were just like what Randall said, organic. They had to be they had to come out of nothing. You had to they had to be planned for lap after lap. Yeah. And like, I think Vettel's were were strategically like, well, you know, Mike can always takes this line. He breaks about here. You know, he had to plan that two or three laps before, make sure his car was in the right position. You could tell he was lining up from the first corner, even the last corner. He got right behind Mike and followed him all the way through, took a final line and just had the momentum to shoot down inside. And the same Ricardo, although Ricardo's tyres were on the way out by then. But, you know, Verstappen was doing great. And I think everyone had a good had a, had a good move. It was, all, it was nice to see throughout the, throughout the, um, the grid, to be honest. Mm. It was it was a very intriguing race. Fantastic, some fantastic moves throughout. Carlos Sainz also put a good move on uh, um, Fernando Alonso as well, going into the hairpin at the end of the long straight. Fernando Alonso weaving all over the road to try and break toe or warm tyres. Who knows? But not long after that, going on to McLaren, watch Fernando Alonso had to retire, not with an engine problem though. This time, it looked like a was it a drive shaft issue? I think he had. It certainly looked like his rear suspension was damaged in some way, shape, or form. But not wholly on Honda this time. No, it was, a, it was a drive shaft issue, and uh, I think he was making some funny comments on the radio as well, from what I remember. Um, stuff about him, he's the fastest car, or the fastest Honda, or something he was saying on, on the yeah. radio when he was getting information from the pits. But yeah, on, um, I can't remember, Van Dorn was an engine issue, was it not? Yeah, Van Dorn, Van Dorn was, was an engine yeah. issue, but, but Alonso yeah. uh, was not. It's, it's unfortunate, because he, he was in the points, he was doing well. You know, the Honda was, the McLaren was keeping its own, uh, which was not what we were expecting based on pre-season testing. Um, I think they've got another update coming for Bahrain this weekend for the engine. So, you know, time will tell, but it's just unfortunate because Alon- you just feel sorry because Alonso's so good. Mm. He just made bad decisions. You know, he went to Fry, Fry went very good. As soon as he left again, McLaren, then Fry started becoming more competitive. And now McLaren have gone down, you know, back, <coughs> excuse me, backwards. So I'd like, I don't want to see him end his career in the position that he is in. No, absolutely. And speaking of Alonso, uh, away from Honda, he's going to miss the Monaco Grand Prix um, for the Indy 500. He's going to be taking part in the Indianapolis 500, that iconic race in America this year. He's going to miss the Monaco Grand Prix. So there's some rumours potentially that Jensen Button could come back to fill that spot. I don't think that'll be the case. I think it'll be the third driver that, that, that comes in for there. But proof again that Alonso's not really going to be focusing on Formula One completely this season. He, he thinks the cars are complete write-offs and the seasons are write-off and he's already looking at other things he can do. If, if the car doesn't change next year, he's, he's going to go, isn't he? He's going to go from McLaren. He's not going to stick around for 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 too much longer. Uh, no, I don't. Well, depending on how McLaren season go, if they show potential uh, that they can progress with this new, this new style of Formula One car, then he may stay on later. But if he's not, if it's a not a successful season for McLaren in whatever reason, for whatever reason, then I think there may be a couple of seats available for him in other teams. Mm. I think there will be a potential for him to move alongside uh, uh, or move into another team. The Indy 500 thing is something that's been presented to him. It's, it's still with McLaren and Honda. Um, it's a hot, uh, Andretti Honda team, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to race in the old 70s McLaren livery. Um, He's the first first F1 driver to do it since Mansell in '94, 
So, you know, Zach has given him an opportunity. Alonso is going to take it. It just so happens it's on the Monaco Grand Prix, but he said it's the only one he's going to miss this year. Mm. But if he likes it, he might go there next year as a full-time. We don't know. I'd hate, I I don't want to see him go to IndyCar. I want to see him stay in Formula 1. I want to see him in a competitive car up against the likes of Vettel and Hamilton. Absolutely. One of those seats that could be available could be potentially the Mercedes seat because Bias is only on a one-year deal. And if he doesn't pull the strings uh, like he should be, who knows? Who uh, knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But um, I, can't, I don't know if the Alonso Hamilton history would play into that. Potentially. But Bottas, you know, to top off his, his weekend, was called Nico over the radio as well. Just, yeah, to, yeah. just to top it off for him. Well, I mean, uh... Uh, not Nico, uh, Bottas. Uh, anyway, so the race finished with Hamilton winning from the front, really. It just had a superb race. Vettel got, getting second, so they're tied for the World Championship lead at the moment. Verstappen, after a fantastic drive from 16th on the grid, finishing third. Ricardo in fourth. Kimi Raikkonen had some engine issues. He finished fifth. Then we had Bottas after his spin, finishing sixth. As we say, Carlos Sainz, who started on the drives, the only car to start on the drives, he finished seventh. Magnussen, after an eventful first lap, he finished eighth. Then it was the two Force Indias in ninth and tenth with Perez and Ocon. That's uh, both races now where both Force Indias have finished in the points. Then we had the Haas of Roman Grosjean in 11th. Nico Hulkenberg suffering a uh, penalty for overtaking underneath. It. That, that was a mix-up as well. We had Hulkenberg and then Grosjean was in the penalty and then it wasn't Grosjean. And then was it overtaken under the VSC or under the safety car? In the end, Hulkenberg getting stung twice for overtaking both under the VSC and under the safety car. So he got stung twice there. Julian Palmer had an eventful weekend. He finished 13th. 14th was Felipe Massa in the Williams. Williams again showing that it's not particularly strong in wet conditions. And then the final runner was Marcus Ericsson in the Sauber in 15th. DNFs were Fernando Alonso, as we said, with a drive shaft problem. Kvyat pulled over with what I think was a gearbox or engine problem. Hydraulics problem. Hydraulics issue for Kvyat. Stoffel van Dorn. Giovinazzi obviously smashed into the wall and Lance Stroll on the first lap who spun out. So that is the Chinese Grand Prix. Let's have a quick glance over what that has done to the championship. So at the moment, the top five drivers, you've got Hamilton Vettel um, at the top two. Excuse me. And then uh, after that, let me have a look here. So, yeah, you've got Verstappen in third, Bottas fourth, Raikkonen fifth, Ricardo sixth, Sainz in seventh, Massa eighth, Perez ninth, and Magnussen is in tenth place at the moment. So that's uh, an interesting mix up the front there with Vettel and Hamilton. That's going to be fascinating going forward for the rest of the season. And then if we look at the teams, you've got, is it Mercedes at the top at the moment? Yeah, by one yeah, point. Mercedes are clear by one point. Then Ferrari, then Red Bull, then Toro Rosso, Force India, Williams, Haas, Renault, Sauber, McLaren at the foot of the table yet again. Right, let's look ahead now to the next race in Bahrain. A uh, fascinating Grand Prix, the Bahrain Grand Prix. It's one of my favourites, actually. It's become one of my favourites over the, over the years. We've had some great racing there in the past. We've had some big incidents with Maldonado flipping over, um, who was it, Gutierrez. Uh, we had the battle of the Mercedes with Rosberg and Hamilton going head-to-head. Uh, it's got that lovely edge now where it goes from day to night, so it finishes as a night race, starts as a day race. Uh, and it can throw up some some great racing. Again, some long straights there, lots of wide runoff areas, another nice wide track, plenty of opportunities for overtaking. So we could see a, another interesting race this weekend, couldn't we? I believe so, yes. I think it's going to be very similar to China uh, without the crap weather. Um, bit of sandstorm, maybe. 
but yeah, it's good. It's, it's the two long straight, three long straights, uh, plenty of high speed turns, some slow speed turns. It's going to be another. I, I think it's going to be better than China. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I think I think so. Well, this will be the first true test as well. It's the first um, um, purpose-built racetrack that's going to be completely dry. You're not going to get rain in Bahrain. We had the mixed conditions in China, which obviously throw everything out of the window. Uh, Australia, not a true racing circuit as it is a street circuit. So this is going to be the first time we're going to see the cars on a proper race circuit in the dry. So we'll get to see if we can overtake for one. And if the field spread is as bad as it looks in Australia, because it looked pretty bad at times in Australia. So we'll get to see the cars properly for the first time here in Bahrain. To say there's some fascinating races we've had in the past that could throw up again the big story really is the fight between ferrari mercedes lewis hamilton and sebastian bell potentially we could see red bull come into the party but i think it's still a little bit too early for them i don't think we're going to see them until europe the other two mate, uh, drivers that need to come to the party really are bottas and raikkonen aren't they yes i think they're Vettel and hamilton are running away at the front uh we, i mentioned it at the beginning of the the beginning of the season, Raikkonen needs to be a bit more consistent. I think he came out this week and said that um, he he needs to he knows he needs to sort himself out and become more competitive. He was complaining a little bit in China about um, power issues and other other things, but we know he can do it. But it'd be nice to see him do it more consistent and play not play a supporting role to Bell, but just get up there and you know play 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 the game for Ferrari. And same with Bottas; he's still learning the. The team Hamilton's been there for you know since 2012. Bottas has come in, you know, last minute. He's he's still learning his way around. He's he, you know he's going to take a bit of time. I'm going to say you know to another, you know, to at least Europe before he's settled in fully. But again, I don't think he's ever going to be at Hamilton's pace. But he needs to be up there for Mercedes as well as a constructor hitting the podium every single time. So it'd be nice to see them come into it. Definitely Red Bull. I think Verstappen's got the upper hand on Ricardo at the minute uh, yeah. and then you, you sort of followed by uh, you've got the Toro Rosso's then fighting it out with Force Indias at the minute and this one's a bit of a, a bit more respectable time of day as well you know there's no getting up early for us for this one it's a nice uh, afternoon evening race for us so uh, at least we've got that uh, as a positive we haven't got to get up at the crack of dawn for the Bahrain Grand Prix so that would be nice um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be. I think I think it's going to be an interesting one. And the other the other element, of course, you you can't throw out the window is is the red ball, and especially Max Verstappen. You know, if he gets if he, you know if he gets amongst it again, he can really cause issues. But it's whether that red ball can keep up in the dry on this circuit with such long straights. So uh, we shall have to wait and see. Let's go through our predictions, though, Mark, shall we? Uh, we're going on the Fantasy GP website to do our predictions. Uh, I had to I had to make a new team because I couldn't get into my uh, into my last team, so I've had to start again. So I am at a disadvantage already. Uh, but let's make our picks anyway. So for the win, um, I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton for the win here. I just, again purely on the basis of I think that car's just a bit faster. And with the long straights coming into play, I think Mercedes will just steal it. So I'm going to go for Hamilton on first. Who do you, who have you got for first? I'm going to go Hamilton as well. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's... Purely because of the, the, the state of the Mercedes car at the minute has a slight advantage over Ferrari. Uh, as long as it's a clean race, I can't see anything happening. Uh, Hamilton likes this track. Again, mm. it's another one of his favourites. He's good at it. 
and Mercedes have been quite dominant there for the last few years. So yeah, I can't see anyone else taking it away from him. I'm going to be quite boring for second and third. I'm going to give Vettel then Bottas second and third, uh, purely because I think Vettel is faster than Bottas. Not that the Mercedes is faster than Ferrari. I think that um, Vettel is a better driver than Bottas, and I think that will see him through. And I think tactically at the moment Ferrari are doing okay. They're not. They're still not to the standard of Mercedes tactically. But I think they're they're clever enough. I mean, Vettel's going to do better than he did last year because he didn't even get to the grid last year. He had the engine failure before he even got to take part in the race in the last Bahrain Grand Prix. So I think he's going to finish second this time with Bottas third. Who have you got second and third? Again, I'm going to have to mirror that for the same reasons. I think Vettel's Vettel's going to be chasing down Hamilton. Bottas isn't going to be quick enough to keep up with them. If he is, he'll, he'll be a couple of seconds behind. Um but then he might come into play and then take Vettel away from Hamilton and sort of cause distraction for Vettel because Vettel will be on defensive. I can't see it. Vettel and Hamilton, you know, they're, they're, they're quality drivers, you know, multiple world championships between them. It's, it's got to be them two leading, leading the way. Hmm, absolutely. Um, I've gone pole position of fastest lap, uh, both to Lewis Hamilton again. Um, again, just purely because the Mercedes is the fastest car. Uh, out there at the moment so I've, again I've just gone for Hamilton for fastest lap and pole position have you got anything different there do you reckon? Uh, Lewis for pole but I think for Vettel to be chasing down I think he's going to pump in some fast laps I was tempted with Max Verstappen for just the pride of it like they do they like to, to clock up the fastest lap but I'm going to go with Vettel and who have you got first I'll let you do the next two then first retiring safety cars who have you got for, for, for that and how many safety yeah, it's cars a, it's a tough one for retirement do you think once you go on something that's going to be an instant or something that's going to be a dropout you know a car failure so I've gone for the I've gone for Jolyn <laughs> he seems to be my, my go to guy I've gone for him for a, more so because I think he'll be in an accident I've Which gone for he, him he, as wasn't well. in, he wasn't in China he did alright in China apart from his pit stop problems and everything but I think mm. that's more team related but yeah I'm going to go Jolyon to retire first and safety cars no I can't I can't see it in Bahrain I've got exactly the same <laughs> so we, that's right. <laughs> we've got exactly the same predictions throughout um, yeah I've gone for I've gone for Palmer again same reason I just think he'll 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 twang someone or get twanged um, for me he is the new Maldonado um, not that he's crashing a lot I just think he is the guy who I'm going to go to for the first to retire yeah. Um, I saw a glorious tweet uh, over the weekend uh, someone had put because they were doing a feature on him on Sky Sports uh, and someone said you will like Julian Palmer because he's British well actually I don't <laughs> I don't like Julian because um, I just this is something about him I just have not taken to him at all and I just I don't think he's, he's as a talent no he's not, not giving me anything to support alright he's British but he's not I want to enjoy you know, I want to support someone that's actually good at racing someone that gives you a bit of you know, passion on the track, but he's not—he's not done anything yet. Whether that's down to the car or him, I, you know, I don't yeah. know. But he's not—you know. Yeah. And for, as for safety cars, um, it's very rare we get a safety car here anyway. And the track, there's so much runoff on this track. Um, the incidents are cleared fairly quickly and without problem, unless you get something that we had, you know, similar to the other year when you know Maldonado flipped over Gutierrez. We're not going to see a safety car. So, I've gone. Excuse me, I've gone for no safety cars there. So that's my... <gasps> excuse me! Where did that come from? That's my predictions then. We're falling to pieces here. Uh, we better close this up before we uh, have a complete calamity. Um, one final bit of news before we go. Malaysia's obviously, we found out over the weekend, Malaysia's, this is going to be the last race in Malaysia this year. Rumours are that the Turkish Grand Prix has been agreed 
in principle to return. Um, good, good or bad that the Turkish Shot Grand Prix is back? Because we lost it before because it wasn't very well supported. Um, what are your thoughts on the Turkish Grand Prix returning? Well, it's be sad to see the Malaysian Grand Prix go because I think yeah. Malaysia's got a good. Um, it's been in this, you know, been on the calendar for a few years now, and it's again, it's one you like to drive on the games, and it's you know, it's a good racing spectacle. You know, it's, it's similar to Bahrain in China, proper circuit, Herman Tilke style. Uh, Turkey, I like the track. I think it's, it's given us some great racing in the past. You know, you had Weber and Vettel colliding mm. uh, a few years ago. And, and you know, you got a lovely turn eight, boom, 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 like three or four apexes in one corner. Mm-hmm. But is it the right place to go? Mm. Um, I think based it's the... on recent events in the world, I don't know if it will be that well supported and if it's just going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, bring in uh, bad publicity or. Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a weird part of the world in the minute. I don't know if I yeah. yeah if I particularly want to go there and watch a race. It's the right track in the wrong place. Yeah, a lot, a brilliant track, but yeah, like we said, it's in it's just not in the right place in the world at the moment. I no, I mean, and there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on there politically at the moment um, with Turkey that could destabilize that country. So. Yeah. One to keep an eye on. Uh, I think there's other countries that we need to focus on first, as has been, you know, rumoured as well. Uh, Germany and France returning. They're the two that really we need to get back on the on the calendar. Um, as I say, Turkey, great track, wrong country, uh, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, have you got anything else to add before we wrap up, then, Mark? Um, no, I think I've, 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 uh, <laughs> I think I've. <laughs> quite enjoyed the Chinese Grand Prix brilliant race I thought had a bit of a lull in the middle but the foundation the potential was there we know what this season is going to bring so I was very excited about the Lewis Hammer and the Vettel battle and hopefully Bottas and Reifling and the Red Bulls can come into that and make that like a six horse race through to the end of the year um, the car's still looking brilliant Bahrain in the night night race when it goes into twilight into night it's going to look brilliant again hopefully we can have like a lewis hamilton sebastian vettel race towards the end like we had with nico and lewis a few years ago i'm excited i think this is i still think this is a great time for f1 and there's plenty more to come and i can't wait indeed indeed so i look forward to that one uh i'll be tweeting over the weekend as well uh, regarding the race i don't think i'm going to be able to watch it live which is a bit of a bummer so i'm going to have to watch it on record uh, but i will be watching it and we'll be recording the podcast uh, either monday tuesday or wednesday next week <laughs> yeah, as, probably as we look wednesday probably wednesday uh, tuesday i can do tuesday or wednesday next week tuesday or wednesday next week we'll keep you up to date on twitter at five lights pod at five lights pod on twitter we are uh, download on soundcloud and on itunes and we shall see you after the race in uh, Bahrain I need to forgot where we were next week so yeah thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this podcast as I said follow us on Twitter at 5 Lights Pod download on SoundCloud and download and subscribe on YouTube we shall see you after the race in Bahrain and we hope you enjoy it see you later guys see you later have a good weekend